In 2018, there are no shortage of titles to express one's Christianity and no shortage of thoughts behind what a Christian is. There are evangelicals and mainliners, Christians who go to church every Sunday, and Christians who hardly ever go to church at all. We have been called everything from followers of the way to holy rollers and Jesus freaks. But what kind of a Christian does the Great Commission call us to help develop? Stay tuned, because we'll be talking about that today. I'm Wade T. Long, and thanks for joining me for Gems of Grace. For the past couple of weeks, we've been looking at biblical justice, what it is, and how to serve it. We moved on last week to talk about what Jesus did and said about justice. Well, today I want to slightly switch gears and talk more about discipleship. Because once we've shared the gospel by both deed and word, and someone has made a decision for Christ, we need to understand that the work of justice has only just begun in their lives. Now, if you've done evangelism for any length of time, there's a good chance your ministry has had to go beyond the comfortable confines of preaching God's word to the more tricky part of openly walking it out. Generally speaking, Christians are far too fast to write the teaching element in the Great Commission off as simply preaching. But teaching always requires more. Teaching puts a demand on the teacher to live out what is preached before the student. As I think of the great lessons in my life, I've learned the little I have by example. In grade school, my teacher wrote on the blackboard before having our class write on paper. My French instructor in high school spoke the language as she taught us, not just telling her students what to do. Jesus, our great teacher, showed us love in its most precious and vulnerable form. It would have been different had he just said in John fifteen thirteen, there is no greater love than to lay one's life down for one's friends, and just left it at that. But Jesus also taught us what it meant by literally being that man who laid his life down. Another reason teaching requires living it out is because it fights against hypocrisy. If I tell someone, for instance, learn to give without expecting anything in return, but whenever I give, I'm looking for a pat on the back, my teaching doesn't hold much merit. A part of the Great Commission is the process of making disciples. This vital piece is so important because Jesus never called us to make believers, but disciples. There's a difference between a believer and a disciple. A believer believes, but a disciple follows. A believer has fulfilled the requirements of salvation by confessing their sins and believing. They have called on the name of the Lord, and they shall be saved. If Jesus cracks the sky right now, they get to rapture out of here right beside the lot of us. A disciple has taken the next step. They've decided, I'm not satisfied with having you as Savior, but I need you also to be my Lord. A believer sees Jesus as Lord as a burden, but a disciple has realized Jesus as Lord is a privilege. We were not called to merely make believers— we were called to make disciples. Making a believer can possibly be done with a track and obnoxious fear tactics through a bullhorn, along with a swift kick in the rear end on a busy street corner. 
I must sidebar and say there are times when our window of opportunity is short. Those are times when we must do what we can with the Cliff Notes version of our personal testimonies. But there is far more to sharing the gospel than a three to five minute sales pitch, seeking a fast food confession so you and I can pad our new convert statistics. The making of a disciple must be taken seriously and given much attention because making implies a lot. Making something means seeing it through from its procreation to its consummation. If I make a cake, I'm not just supplying the ingredients. I am supplying the right amount of the proper ingredients for that particular cake. I am also mixing them together. I'm helping in the transition from the mixing bowl to the baking pan. I'm applying heat to it. Checking on it, you don't open the oven door, which would have lowered the oven temperature and thus slow down the baking process. If any problems come up, I'm committed to intervention, doing all I can to keep that cake from falling. And when it's done, I will give it a place to cool and at the proper time apply frosting, adding more sweetness to it. I do everything that's necessary to prepare this cake to do what? Serve. That same process needs to take place when we are making disciples. We need to be committed to the entire process, helping them transition from a life dedicated to his or her own naturally carnal desires to a life that seeks to be more and more like Jesus Christ every day. There should be a time in which the heat of pressure is applied to the disciple for them to take more of a leadership role in their own development and faith walk as we, the mentors, keep a watchful eye focused in their directions. When problems arise, we should be devoted to intervention and intercession as we hold up our understudy. We have to learn when it's best to initiate tough love and when it's best to simply be sweet. This won't exactly be the same for any two people because each one is divinely made different from the next. We need to be true to each part of the process as we are helping to develop servants of the Most High God. Disciples duplicate themselves. The challenge is that believers tend to as well. Have you ever met someone brand new in the faith that was absolutely on fire? Their enthusiasm is nearly magnetic as they talk about Jesus to every person they come in contact with. The only problem lots of times, their zeal is so fresh it's almost always severely flawed as they spew out faultly theological regurgitations that possibly were fed to them properly but weren't digested in quite the right way. They try to warn people of the dangers of their sin, but their approach is so confrontational that if they do win some, they'll alienate the ones they didn't win to the point that ministering to them will be nearly impossible for the next person who tries to. But what's more critical, tragic even, is the ones they do win are done under such aired influence that they all just duplicate more of themselves. As this continues, a generation of believers develops who are known far more for their hatred than for God's love, and much more for what they are against than whom our God is for. Discipleship is a largely neglected but crucial piece of the evangelism puzzle. It's on the endangered species list of born-again art forms. Let us be careful to not ignore this part of our faith. 
but to practice it and perfect it until the return of our Lord. Well, I sure hope you're enjoying these teachings. Remember to follow us on Twitter or Instagram at GE Missions. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, for Gems of Grace, 